Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about the urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live on a beautiful Sydney Portier morning of Sunday the 18th of April. Huge show, lots to talk about, lots of league to break down. Um, as always, we are doing it with one, tust, one test thunderino, two times controversially axed Hong Kong Rugby League board member Jack. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, Ree Harry. Uh, good to hear your voice again. Um, just really fired up for round six football action. We used to I remember previous years we've talked about what round gives you the best type of like the best quality of football. Um, I think uh, this year we're really starting to see by round six the teams all starting to understand the rules, the new rules well. Their fitness is up to speed. Um, it's been really good rugby league, uh, and I think it's just going to get better and better over the next few rounds. Well, we had an unexpectedly close game on Thursday night. We had an absolute barn burner on the, in the pub game. We had the highest, just the highest quality of rugby league in the second Friday game. Then we had the return of Tom Trebojevic, followed by another nail-biter, into a clash of the titans, just demolition um, of yeah. the highest order in the nation's capital. Whatever you want in your rugby league, you got this week. And I think we're going to have a couple of little twists and turns to finish. Thank fucking God we are back to the 4 p.m. game, as we said last week. 4 p.m. <laughs> is rugby league. 4 p.m. Sunday is when Gus goes, I love my Sunday footy. He's talking about 4 p.m. on a fucking Sunday. The 6 o'clock stuff has to go. And they'll bring it back again mid-season, yeah. I know it. No, they're not. No, they, they did this last year. They always start the first three or four or five rounds with that 4 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. slot. Which, yeah, I agree. I don't mind it. I, just, I, I, I prefer the 2 p.m., 4 p.m., but I mean, I actually didn't mind last week's 6.30 p.m. for some reason. I, I haven't think, got used to I it. But yeah, we're back, we're back. They actually did this last year, and then they brought it back. No, they didn't. They fucking no. did. No, nah, you can go away and look that up, but I they will. didn't. I know. I will. Now, just quickly before we, we check in, and this is what we'll be doing each week now, is we're just going to have a little check-in on Tiger Time. And for those that you don't know, Tiger Time is the five minutes leading into, sometimes actually even like the three minutes leading into the half and the first couple of minutes after the second half. Do they leak points? No Tiger Time. This week, yeah, and is... I think that goes to show that their performance was uh, really good. Um, and I mean, far out that game, 
I've actually felt sorry for the Tigers. Um, to be dudded by a two-point field goal like that, just it just shows me what a shit rule it is, you know? Like, fuck. Oh, someone's going to jump in now and say, oh, what about the entertainment, etc." But I think it was up to the Rabbitohs to get it up the field and try and score a try or, you know, get a penalty. Um, you know, anyone can kick... Maybe that's not the right words. But anybody could kick a two-point field goal if they train enough, you know? Great, and- great call. Is, is I think when you said it eliminated, you know, you can say, oh, so exciting. Well, I totally agree with you there. It eliminated the Rabbitohs getting down, trying to get down and score a try in the last few seconds to win the game. So that's taken that. And on Friday, we actually, we've seen two this week. So Friday, we saw yeah. Nathan get one in the 73rd minute. Um, now they went and scored it. Nathan scored a try and converted himself. So he took it from 12 all to 14, 12. So a little bit unnecessary. Um, but yeah, like it's, re- it's actually doing the opposite. It's, it's removing potential excitement from the game. So. And it's, it's, it got away from what we love about league. So, look, not going to say I told you so, but shit, as soon as that rule came out, I was like, for fuck's sake, PVL. So, look, now, look, people can make mistakes. Um, oh, look, we're Jesus talking about the guy rule. that brought in a, sh- a fucking punting rule called odds and evens. Okay? So, each race What's and that? an attempt for him to lure some of the... Uh, some of the Oriental punters bought on. You can either bet on who's going to be the winner, odds or evens. Like the guy loves a little, you know, um, party trick, and mate, he's going to have plenty more of these. That's odds or evens banter. But how what? How do you know this odds or evens punter? Because I, I am close enough to the industry to know these things. Wow, just he's just uh, he's, he's an innovative character, but look. Yeah, he's an innovator with uh, without process, but that's okay. I mean, but I just I, I will make the call, Ugh. and I don't know. A big call for PVL if he's still in the role is can he say he's wrong, and can he move back to one point next year and just fucking realize we fucked up this year? It was a stupid rule. We'd get back to one point. He's he's yeah. I, that's a, again another good observation. I don't know if he can. I mean, he's the kind of guy that. If you worked for him, you you come into the office on Monday and he's like, right, boys, I've got a few things, boys and girls, I've got a few things I want to chat about. I think I'm going to swap the ladies' and men's toilets around. And um, for some stupid reason, either the light or blah, 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 I think it's going to be good for Team Morale. Now you go do it. And you're like, well, fuck, I don't, why the fuck are we changing the toilets around? And then B, why the fuck do I have to do it? He's just that kind of character. He has an idea. And he's a dictator. There is nothing worse than than a guy like that, a fast and free flying guy that has a lot of ideas, and a dictator. Because if you're working with him, I'm talking to you, one of our key listeners. Geez, he'd have some great stories, wouldn't he? That listener, I can't name him, but he does work for PVL. Does does some really good work um, in in the racing industry. Anyway, I want to start with I want to start with the most exciting thing I've seen in rugby league and. I don't know, is it a decade? Is it longer? 
But what I saw on Friday night, uh, after about 20 minutes of the Storm and Roosters game, when the Storm brought on Harry Ground, who I think he's playing his third game for the Storm ever, third or fourth game. They brought on Harry Grant and they kept Brandon Smith on. And they had this like dueling cowboy show that they were operating at a dummy half where Grant would take a couple, Smith would take a couple. They were alleviating some of the, even the playmaking pressure right down on the attacking and attacking of the Roosters. It's the most dynamic, exciting thing I've ever seen or I've seen in a long time. Grant is... <laughs> Grant is unbelievable. Like, for a guy that's played 20 games, he's already... He's in the top three hookers, I think you can safely say. Um, well, as I, as I said, uh, I think I said a bit on the show, He's he, last year he was the third best hooker at the Storm. He went to the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Third best hooker at the Storm went to the Tigers and became their best player. Mm. What does that say? Well, I actually even heard on the commentary whether or not that they there was talks about potentially getting him to the state of origin setup from the Queensland Cup when he hadn't played NRL. That's how good he was going. Back to the game. What he was doing, like the speed. He's not a small guy either. He looks like he's got a bit of bolt. The speed is of which he was getting out of dummy half. Then we all know what Brandon Smith can do. Probably the form hooker of the comp up until this moment. Um... He's a slightly different player than Grant, but can still play that, like, get out of dummy half quickly, catch the markers, and not just get one of those sniping runs. They'll continue. They'll either break a tackle, and they'll turn it into one of those 30, 40-meter runs. The playmaking ability, the size, throwing themselves at the line. Like, Harry Grant's not like a wispy little Damien Cook-type player. He's a fucking mad dog. Like, he, he is unbelievable. And, and look, the... The new rules have played right into this sort of one-two punch mm. that the Storm can offer. Now, what it, there's a fatigue there. When you're fatigued, your tackling's not as effective. Mm. Therefore, the attacker's going to get the quick play the ball, mm. and then you get this, uh, this, um, you know, this this go for and the speed, this platform that Smith and Grant can work off. Mm. Now, how do you stop it? How do you stop know. it? You need to. No, we didn't know. I've been thinking about this. There's always a way to stop it. Mm. One, you need to storm the storm. Mm. You need to get the tackle, and you need to make sure you slow it down. Mm. And you might have to give a, a few set of uh, free sets of six away. Mm-hmm. And then you just need to build your fitness in the middle there, mm. and just come in and just say, "Look, we're prepared for them to go wide, and give it to Olam and and Ramus Smith." and then out to the wingers of Jennings and Addo Carr. But you've almost got to say, let them go out there, because they've got more chance of making a mistake trying to get it out there than, like, Grant and Smith do just just scooting and, and getting those yards, if you know what I mean. So, totally. uh, the Panthers might struggle with it, but the Panthers' fitness and toughness in the middle of the field, I guess, will will be able to compete with them. Um but I see the other teams, like even a Souths or something like that, will struggle with the storm, uh, this dummy half one-two punch. It's um, it's interesting you say that. I was chatting to a big Panthers fan last night at the pub, and he was saying that he was when he was at the Panthers and Storm game, he was sitting perfectly on halfway at Penrith Park and just above the action. And he was saying that 
that, you know, we talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago, how the Storm, they didn't have Pappenhausen. They went into that game just go, let's just fucking lie on the ball. He was saying, though, that their defense was so concentrated and Constantine into just such a tight part of the field. And all, yeah. you know, Penrith are just trying to go wide, wide, wide. But you couldn't because they're just swarming on you. So I guess that is the storming of this, as you said, outstorm the storm. The only problem is we've just talked about, you know, the two most dynamic um, dummy hearts in the game. Their whole job is to get the ball out to the best, the best six in the game and Cameron Munster. An incredibly potent combination with Jerome Hughes, who just seems to be getting better and better. And then, as sick as this sounds, Ryan Pappenhausen has probably got the championship belt right now for the best fullback in the game. He's, yeah. He has overtaken Teddy also, on form. And don't forget, and this guy often gets uh, looked over because of the, 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 the talent throughout the Storm team, but you've got Nars. Like you've just had to, oh. your heart rate is just pounding because you've just had to control the Smiths and Grants coming out of dummy up. Then Nars winds up from the back fence. It's, okay, well, let's just throw in, let's throw in Tui Kamakamitha and you're going to go, oh, okay, fucking settle down. That's just another name that you, you just wanted to pronounce the name Kamakamitha because you can. But I think that he's going to grow into one of the best props in the game. He has improved out of sight. Then you've got Fanukin to throw back in. You've got just hardened guys like your Kafusis, Kenny Bromwich with the reggae. I just don't think that Storm at I don't think that the sport, sports bet and the punters are taking the Storm seriously enough. What I saw on Friday night is unstoppable. I don't give a fuck if you're the Panthers. And I was on the show two weeks ago saying that the Panthers are the favourites. The Storm, for me, are the favourites. And by some margin. This is a scarier team than last year. It's round six, and historically, the, all the betting houses will look at the the difficulty of uh, going back to back. You know, the Roosters did it a couple of years ago, but that was that was should have been applauded a bit more than it should have been. And are they going to have their hunger round twenty? Yeah. Well, we should see. But I mean, I, I do everything say... up for them. Sorry, I actually, Kumpke Meath was playing at 13 and they bought Nass off the bench. And Christian Welsh, who's having a whale of a season, is playing prop. Um, the Roosters, whew, I mean, the Roosters looked pretty good a couple of weeks ago without Kerry. This is, this, is, this is what happens often, isn't it? You lose a big player and you're like, fuck, they got away with a couple without him. And this is when reality starts sinking in. I still, I loved the look of Sam Walker. Like his passes across the field were, were beautiful, but. At the end of the day, you're going in with Drew Hutchinson, an 18-year-old Sam Walker, and a guy that I'd never heard of before the game, Benjamin Marshke. Never heard him. So you, you can't turn up. You can't turn up to fucking Tawaranikau Lower Right Leg Stadium and, and consider yourself a serious, serious shot with that, can you? No, no. So the Roosters, are, they'll... Be in the eight, surely, won't they? But it's just they're not. They're going to be sort of playing for places. They're jockeying um, they're like, for positions, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Is it? Is it two thousand and? Oh, actually, yesterday, right? I was, I was sitting down, was watching my son play soccer, and I actually couldn't remember what year it was. And I was like, no, 
just try and go through your league grand finals to get you there. You know, that's this that's usually your safe place, isn't it? Either if you yep. can't remember what weekend you did, go through your Warriors draw and then everything will just become clear after that. Anyway, I finally got to the um I got to what year it was. Fucking um I've completely lost where I'm going with my story. What was that? Oh, okay, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is it two thousand and twenty? Because I was trying to figure out what year. Is it 2020 all over again? Or is it different with this Eels team? Because I think there's a little bit of magic sprinkled in there that, that they didn't have last year. Um, fuck, they went down. Bryce Cartwright. Bryce Cartwright. <laughs> Keegan Hitgrave and Bryce Cartwright apparently trading the house down and just such a good influence at training and off the field with the young guys. Hey, these are the dingers that you do take. Stay away from those dingers. Um, if you want to do pre-workout, I like these ones. Um, I'm actually associated with this company. Then that kind of chat from um, Cartwright and Hipgrave. Now, there's something, the Eels, like we, we came to the conclusion in about round seven or eight, I think last year, and we were like, fuck, this team. And they did it without Dylan Brown last night, your little favorite, Will Smith. They fucking came down to the nation's capital, which they haven't won in how long? Something stupid. Ten years. Yes. And they... Bitched, Ricky's Raiders. This is a yeah, but that Eels team. The drag last week. True. That's true. Um, They've lost so, one game. I know, I know, but yeah, look, I, I, I think look, Parramatta. I love watching them at the moment. I think it's a good sign when you can have players like Brown just drop out and mm. a guy like Wilson been around the scene enough to just can slot in nicely. Uh, what else would I say? Oh, I'd like to... I'd, I actually made a note to myself last week. I was like, Gus, I didn't do a special, a special mention for RCG and Isaiah Papali. So then I thought, oh, shit, they lost the Dragons on luck. I didn't say that. But now I need to give them... Like, I went on to that Monday game, Tigers versus Eels. RCG was just running it back. It's just such force. Like, mm. what I hadn't seen from, like, a white guy before. And mm-hmm. then Isaiah Papali'i. Wow, wow, wow. Like, he is just a gun on that left edge. And the stats he's pulling out are mm. incredible. And as a Warriors fan, mm. it's a bit it's a bit of a worry that he can just turn it around so quickly after leaving our club and just be, you know, I'd say top form second row in the comp yeah it it's it is I, I agree a bit of a worry that that did did many young players really develop under mooks because he's 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 a he was always a big fan of just you know slowly dri- dribbling people along and um always preferring the the a more experienced team and saying that papali'i did debut as a as an 18 19 year old we were fucking cock yeah so he was rookie of the year, and he so he did play good football at the Warriors, but it just dropped off. And why oh, okay. was that? Is that because we didn't have the control around him, or I don't know? It was, it was the lightning rod for Papali'i was his bone-headed errors, his just coach killers. Now he would give away the worst kind of penalties, just just the momentum coach killing penalties. His handling was like bottom of the barrel, and. <laughs> You know, he would push past it. He basically just take away the raw ingredients of what made him great, the strength and the motor. He undid all of that with 
horrendous fundamentals. And there was times like... It was almost self-sabotaging. Like, you wanted to get out of the place. Mate, we we were on league forums where we were just calling for a set. When he'd left, I I felt comfortable. But there was just that tiny little part of me. I'm like, I wonder where he goes. I wonder, fuck, if he goes to the Storm, it's going to be good, isn't he? Obviously, or the Roosters, obviously. When he went to the Eels, I'm like, okay, this environment's a bit touch and go for Papali'i. He could easily be, oh, yep, coming in and out of Wentworthville, playing two, three games, and just you never really hear from him again. Or he could, you know, small chance that he kicks on. He kicked on in round one. It could be Ivan Tomavavi to the Knights. Yeah. See a licky licky. See a Tonga licky licky quote. But Papali'i is who he was advertised as a, as a young... He was a fucking superstar schoolboy. Like, you Parramatta Eels fans out there, I think... You won't I, I know. See a, I see a lot of similarities, maybe, with Alyssi Katoa. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alyssi Katoa, you could say, again, was showing his raw potential last year and talent. Mm-hmm. And not well, it's still there a little bit this year, but God, I'd hate to think like next year he's just a a liability in our team and we're having to get rid of him again. You know, that Brown, be Brown's another... done a good thing with Katoa. He's dropped him to reserve grade this week and he said nothing against the man. He's just played twenty two games of league in his life. He needs to go and learn the game in the lower grades for a few weeks. Yeah, okay. Quite like that. Eels though. The swagger is there. I mean you you're gonna have the attitude, we talked about loving the Penrith attitude, you know, last week. I fucking love it. People slag it. You've got similar kind of characters, although a lot more hated. Moses, Guffo, RCG, Nathan Brown. You know, you want the Eels in the finals as a league lover. You you need the Eels in the finals well, as I- a league lover. Eels and Panthers going so well. It's just great for league. And yeah. For a league heartland out west, that's great, I reckon. Um, I mean, we want the blockbusters. You know, the, the when we had Jared Hayne, Jared Hayne's Eels versus the the Dogs in, you know, 2010, after their big yeah. year, they, they were 70,000-style ANZers. We need that. Now, we need Bank West fucking rocking for a, pen, for a Western derby. So the future of the Eels, or the immediate future of the Eels, and the future and the long-term future of the Panthers is, is great for our game. We just need the dogs to lift. Um, have Have you ever seen a worse 4pm game than the Cowboys hosting the Bulldogs? No, but I would say that because the teams are so shit and it's being played at a really nice stadium, it's very watchable. Well, it's league. It's watchable, of course. There's something that I... It didn't pass the sniff test for me, though, um, coming out of Townsville. Uh, obviously, Josh Maguire publicly had a, had a spat with Peyton, and and he's out. But Tal Malolo, there was a bit of smoke around Tal Malolo wanting out. And I've read it a few times. Him wanting out, right? And the Cowboys are like, well, fuck that. Like, we've got to get back some, some pretty heavy artillery. And Peyton called him out after round one. Then he breaks his hand at training before round two. Supposed to come back last week, was named, and then was named this week. And then I read yesterday, he broke his other hand at training. Is that fucking past the sniff test for you? 
that I read that yesterday too. I'm just like, what is going on up there? And I can't, well, I don't believe that. You're, you're Todd Bates' biggest fan, but I he's know. causing ripples. But but look, they were a disgrace. Were they a disgrace last year? Yes, I mean, they, they won three got, or four games. Yeah, right. So he's at uh, and here an absolute basket case. There must be some bad, bad habits up there, right? And and you don't get called out because you are, you know, I heard some stories during the week about the Raiders in the 90s, but when you're in a town mm. like that, where you're an absolute superstar, mm. that almost, le- there's no competition. You, you almost get led away with a lot of bad, bad yeah. habits. I think, I, I, think, think, I, think, I think Sean Johnson and the Warriors situation at times. You know, most of the time brilliant, but cruising a bit and, you know, a lot of teams that are losing and, you know, you see a new situation and, and before he got injured, he was he was elite. Um, Tal Malolo is, he's, he's up there, obviously, with the best forwards in the game. Has well, been for years. Todd Payne's inherited him on a 10-year, $10 million contract. I don't know, is he four years in there? Or, like, far out. What do you what do you do? That's oh, I mean, there'll be, be clauses. There'll be clauses up the wazoo, there, though, won't they? What's that? Um, there'll be clauses there in that contract. That's that's not an ironclad contract. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's there's things that are horribly wrong. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I mean, as a captain, jeez. It just shows you, and I guess every, even a Panthers fan or a Storm fan has to worry that, what, they won a premiership 15, made the tremendous run to the finals 17. Mm. Things can turn south pretty quickly if you don't have your uh, uh, your, your, your front office all sorted, you know? Oh, like, fuck yeah. the players that they've lost that are all over the, over the, um, the NRL, like Wurrimu Griggs came on it again last night. He was night with for, the Cowboys this week, this year. I know. Or this year, I know. I mean, there's more, they're just leaking players. Ponger but, and Kikau are the two ones that, like, jump right out at you. I mean, yeah, throw Ponger oh, and Kikau in that Cowboys team right now with a fit brown Brandon, Jesus. Different. And Brandon Smith. Would you rather have Brandon Smith or Reese Robson at Emmy Hart? Oh, fuck, I forgot about Brandon Smith. Jesus. Um, and it led one of our listeners, the Peyton situation, to say, what if you could trade coaches? Like most sports, and I think there actually was a trade in the NBA involving Doc Rivers once, how he got traded as part of a deal. Um, but if you could trade, I mean, I'm a biggest, there should be, you should be able to trade players. Like look at this Paul Momorowski, Dane Laurie trade. What a great trade. Like, Momorowski's finally, after, you know, being a f- legitimate poster child for club slut, for being a club slut, has found a home in a good team, and Dane Laurie's getting the minutes that he deserves. Dane Laurie's fucking awesome. Now, if you could extend this to coaches, there's some Tigers fans out there that are like, well, maybe can we get Todd Payton back and we give them match in a, in a swap? Um, What do you think about that? And I think it leads you to believe that in league... The coaches make too much of the football decisions. Like, like in other sports, especially the American ones, it's the general manager. Coaches coach, general managers build teams, build clubs. I feel like coaches just 
do everything in league, don't they? If it's Desi, oh, he did, he fucked us for years to come. Like, Desi should be coaching. Yes, he should have impact in the roster. But yeah. more of the football department should be doing the football decisions. Well, I think you're right. I think in a business or, like a, or a football club, the people that should be making the long-term decisions should be the people that are more invested in the business or club, you know, mm. like, so shareholders that would have a, a massive investment you know, they're looking 10 years down the track mm. rather than a coach that, at, le- at the end of the day... Want to win now. I always think about it too because I sometimes do this as a uh, as a paradigm in business where business Ironman is privately owned like by the employees. And then you compare... And, and what frustrates me a little bit about it is sometimes against a publicly listed company, right, mm-hmm. they will... They will chase a one year, like a one year profit. Like they'll see yeah. something in the market, they'll yep. just go in and go, oh, I can get it, but it might extend them too far mm-hmm. that they'll take a loss the yeah. next year. Do you know yep. what I mean? But totally. that, it's, it's one year for public this is coming. But if you've got a business or a football club that has sort of people's, you know, large investments in it, they're always looking three to five years totally. down the track, six years. Totally. They can't afford it. Coach is sort of that running that public listed company, you know. He's just trying to get his massive bonus this year and his uh and some profit and he doesn't care. He'll take if he loses money the next year, he's got his profit from this year and his bonus and then he moves on to his next joint, you know. And, and I guess that the trouble for that way of thinking in the NRL is that there's no reward or there's no incentive to rebuild. There's no draft to build talent. So if you finish last, you finish last, you get back to next year and it's very hard to just build slowly over time. You, you're reliant on your juniors. So if you don't have the back of house in order from a junior coming through, you've pretty much fucked because if you're a shit team, no big name signings want to come. You have to overpay players. That's where shit contracts come. And it's just a debt, a heavy debt that you have to pay over and over and over and over again. I'm looking at and you, West Tigers. In a vicious cycle because you, and yet you get this, and you're going to get some of these decisions wrong, right? Like the Josh Reynolds, Russell Packer, look, everyone can slag it off, but at the time, they were the players in the market that were available. Um, you don't have to spend the money. Yeah. There's no exactly. gun to your head. If Reynolds isn't worth 800k, you don't pay him 800k at the end of the day. Sure, it's different if, if you're the Panthers and you know, you've got a roster spot and you're like, fuck, do we take a punt on? Blub X Y Z, then yes, because you've got the rest of the roster absolutely humming. But when you're the Tigers, but, you're like, we need to make the eight. We haven't made the eight since Chris Nunn Inu took our lunch. Then fuck, you've got to make when, some stupid when, decisions. So when, when were the last time the Panthers were really shit? Really sure. shit. I mean, they actually had some moments in the Matt Elliott era, like they finished second in 2010. Um, with, a, with a funny roster, with Luke Walsh out there, your Travis Burns of the world. Um, I think you're going to have to go to pre-Nathan Cleary, so that's probably four or five years ago. Um, yeah, where Hook was there and Hook got went out mid-year. But all I'm saying is that they if, did, have they had to rebuild. Well, no, when Gus came for their five-year plan, um, they when were Gus in trouble, came, I remember. Was when, when, yeah. Or they were just, and it might have been, geez, Matt Elliott could take it club to me not mediocrity just they couldn't step up with him he but can't find they, did it, they did it through the juniors like the yeah. the Luai Toos no it was TK even before it was even before that it was like dare I say it 
Um, it was Isaiah Yo's, your Bryce Cartwrights, your DWZs. It was that that era before. That was like an exciting juniors coming through. And they, and they made, remember with Bryce at six, they made the eight. A very exciting Panthers team where Nathan, uh, Ivan, took him within a game of the grand final. And Mansoor was coming on. Um, Is that what against the, they lost to the Dogs? Doggies, yeah, 2014. Yeah. So they actually haven't been shit for a period of time, for, for a long time. Um, no, no, I mean, they've been really solid, to be honest. Um, um, and anyway. the lows, they probably had a few shockers. Anyway, I want to talk, <clears throat> what the fuck did John Morris do to the Sharks chairman? Dean Mizzatista. What did he do? Like, I, I was like, okay, the immediate news comes out that they've signed Fitzgibbon, which is in a vacuum. A great move, I think. Um, where are you going with John Morris? You're probably going, this is John Morris's ceiling right now, as we're seeing. Bottom half of the eight, maybe. Probably a bit unlucky, because who would have known what they would have done last year if they had a stayed fit with Johnson, because they're actually looking pretty good. Anyway, your sign fits given. I think the way that it was, again, the re- <sighs> what's wrong right now isn't necessarily signing Fitzgibbon. It's the fact that you can sign Fitzgibbon in fucking April. PVL, listen to the show. Bring in a free agency window starting in October. All this stuff goes away. Now, Morris, I thought just... I thought he just goes, fuck yeah, I'm resigning. But he didn't. He was he was pushed and he doesn't know why. Why would you get rid of him? He wanted to finish the season, Jack. I, I have no idea. It's, it's the weirdest... It's one of the weirdest calls rugby. There's been a few over the years, but this makes no sense. I mean, it makes no sense to, unless by signing Fitzgibbon now, this is, I haven't thought about this. I've signed Fitzgibbon now and announcing it mm-hmm. that they can recruit better players over the next year for but next Jack, year. That, that they, they did that and Morris was still prepared to hang on this year, knowing that he didn't have a job for next year. Where it just gets fucking weird. Like, do they think? And then maybe they're thinking John Morris gets signed by another club as like an assistant, and then he just uh, ruins it from the inside out. Mate, it's, 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 it's like he's now he's a clean Sim- skin, but whew, he's done something rugby league. Otherwise, we're talking about one of the dumbest moves. He's sabotage. Who who'd you say the GM is? What's his name? The CEO. Dean Mizzatista. He's sabotaged their season now. Like the, the the Sharks, I know that they were plucky on Friday night. Many people were citing the new coach factor, but the new coach factor was 0 from 4 last year. Now it's on a five-game lose streak after you had Peyton, you had um, McGregor. Who took over from McGregor? Dean Young lost his first game. You had Josh Hannay losing his first game. And Steve Georgialis lost his first game. So, so, I mean, the Sharks, the last two weeks, mm-hmm. they could have very easily beaten, beaten the Roosters. The Roosters. Mm-hmm. But if they had some, yeah, and again, that's probably your concern. And then they would, for the last couple of minutes, were beating the Knights in Newcastle. I mean, yeah, I just feel as though if there was some harmony at the bloody club, they could be fourth with Sean Johnson due back. He's due back this weekend, Jack. But that's the other thing I was going to say. What if you kept John Morrison and they didn't want to push it? 
But I mean, but who cares? Just let him go. You made your decision. Just like the Cleary, right? When Cleary, if Cleary won us a grand final in 2011, mm-hmm. he was off. They'd already announced that. Yeah, we, we knew halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, is there a more influential player to his side's prospects that we have seen? Now, we, we've gone through this. We're not going to go through it again. We, we talked about Joey and we talked about Thurston. But Tom Tabrovich, I mean, Manly were fucking disgusting last week. I know they got the win. They just played an equally disgusting Warriors team and they Cherry, who's hit 21 field goals, is the clutchest man up there with Aaron, Adam Reynolds in the comp. They got by. They've just beaten the Titans 36-0. And all you fucking Titans guys who are continually in my ear, this is who the Titans are. It's exactly who they are. I'm going to full disclosure, I didn't watch the game because I was out watching local Victorian League. Did you watch the game, Riari? I've seen, I saw parts of it. It was a fucking massacre. Yeah, I know it was, but Tom I, I, I'm just, but Tom looked like he was at his best. He's he what? is he is so good to watch. I love him. I know he's going to get injured soon. I, mean, I would have even given Tommy a couple of games just to get his rhythm back. Mate, he had his rhythm back. I'm telling you, he had his fucking oh. rhythm back. Um, just get his hamstring twice. He, but like okay. he should. They should, they should like develop some sort of, uh, you know, like a, those ice baths, mm-hmm. and that's just up to the legs that are on wheels. That and he can sort of just like uh, automatically take himself around the course to do his shopping and stuff. Just permanently have his legs <laughs> ice. Imagine that, just rolling around, almost like an old man. But like everyone that, maybe um, just have you seen that movie Unbreakable? Yeah, like if you walked out of it from, uh, if you walked into the northern beaches from like now, you go, what the fuck's going on here? But everyone on the beach just walked past, like, what? Nothing to see here. This is what we need to do for our, our boy. You know, Unbreakable, that movie, and Stephen, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is like made of glass, basically. And every time he falls over, he shatters something. And in there, he just has to, really? like, he's basically living cotton wool. The Titans, they almost got kept to zero in round one. They scored, you know, 75th minute. Lost to the Warriors 19-6. Then they beat the Broncos at the bottom of the pile. Only 28-16, I might add. Round three, they absolutely towed up the Cowboys 44-8. I mean, who's not towing up the Cowboys? People are getting fucking fired up about them. Then they play what is a fucking pretty up-and-down Raiders team and lose 20-4, to okay, and then last week, equally, oh, Titans, fuck, fire up. They beat a decimated Knights team, 42-16. And then they play a team that has one of the best players in rugby league back, and they lose 36-0. So against Manly, 36-0. They lost 20-4 against the Raiders and 19-6 against the Warriors. And they've flogged an understrength Knights, the Cowboys and the Broncos. The Titans are exactly who they were last year. Exactly the same. They won't make the fucking A. No, I don't think they'll make that either. But just, I think there's there's signs of baby steps there from Holbrook, right? This NRL, some weekends you're going to get beaten, um, and you're going to get beaten well. But 
Look, I'm not. I'm not saying the Titans are world beaters, but I'm saying, and I haven't seen the game yesterday, but I did read something that they were, they weren't absolutely awful. I, I think Holbrook is doing slow and surely baby steps with this this franchise. Okay, so I just wanted to go off on it because people just got so excited about the Titans. I, I do want to say, is, yeah, I agree. There are there are elements to their team that are fuck like David Fafita. Jesus Christ. What he he did last week, he was turning up in the centers. He was like sometimes out wide, even wider than that. The speed that he has and his willingness to just smash cunts is for a better, um, for want of a better saying. And he's destructive. He's only 21. He loves hurting people. He is so talented. But I just think that... That Cogra game that... Raiders Titans game it was, it was wonderful just to watch him mm. just being sort of like he was the point of attack right and the Raiders knew it and they had to get everyone on him but they were just if you can isolate David Fafita with anybody mm. anybody in our he's going to destroy them and he can't you need to gang tackle him and and it's up to Jamal to try and get him one on one with fucking it could be anyone he will destroy them with Footwork, power, you name it. You can even put a little grubber in if you need it. I still go back to the Titans because there's some really nice parts to their game. But if you're going to give me Mitch Rain, Jamal Fogarty, Ash Taylor, and Alexander Brimson, you can get the fuck out because you're not winning anything with that spine, which, which as we know, is, is where games are won and lost, not with how good your second row is, is going. Um, quickly, and I know that you don't want to talk about this, there is big chat that one of the New Zealand contact sport halfbacks, who we've just recently discovered has got quite a big league background, um, our man on the ground in um, Melbourne, with the storm structure, said that TJ Perinara, cousin of Henry, Henry Parmigiana's cousin, was actually picked up by the storm back with Tohu Harris um, and then and then eventually didn't take up the offer. So he's got league form. He's going to be signed by the Roosters in May, and on a you know, hold on, a, it's just another fucking beat up from the rah rah. I'm hearing it's actually, I'm hearing it's going to happen. He's not coming, Barry. No, I think he's going to come for this what? season. Don't expect anything more than this season. I don't, I know, but I'm just saying. He, why would he? Like, he's going to ruin his brand. His brand that he's, he's such a tough though, Jack. fucking. All right, look, he won't sign. I'm just telling you. He we won't want sign. Like, We want more contact sport players. You know, pathways. That game too, but I'm my breath from some dodgy fucking manager using our game. Yeah, I've heard it before. To too. get a fucking a little bit five grand more out of a fucking NPC contract. Fuck off, TP Piranara, <laughs> whatever you name. He's got me in his family. I want. I want to see him in. I want to see what this does to the Roosters. He's probably going to share, you know, they think that Viral's obviously he's got, doesn't have a full 80 minutes in him. They've got a few other guys that are injured. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see more um, contact sport players look at so our game I. as a pathway. I just don't have the money for them, mate. There's so much money in their game. Yeah, but they might look up at um, Piranara and go, ooh, I want to be a Kiwi one day, you know? Just like what Sean yeah. Johnson was saying during the week. Oh, um, wild. But what I would say is it just brings up an interesting point. If this bloke does get into the game, 
can Henry actually riff him if he's cousin with him? I mean, imagine, like, could you have a, a dad riffing a player in the NRL, or does that bring in out some pretty... You're well, trying to avoid did it. Robert Finch riff Brett Finch, or was he the referee's boss? No, he was boss. Never, he was... No, he'd never riff Brett. Um, Maybe, like, like you know, when you Robert yeah. Finch was actually an awesome player for the Roosters, eh? Uh, I think he won a comp in the seventies in that. Oh yeah, maybe. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, okay, couple couple of other points. Um, I I saw Josh Hodgson last night. Now he he had been a little bit better, but um, I now I want I want you Raiders fans. There's a lot of Raiders fans of this of this show. I love Raiders fans. Jack hates them, but you have got to get Josh Hodgson out of that fucking football setup and into a reduced role or out. <laughs> Because he is butchering your attack. What he is doing, he is hogging the ball so that Whiten and George Williams don't have it. He's just no brain thinking short um, crash balls or kicks into the line. He's slow. He, like When little Tommy Starling comes on, the speed is just a different, um, a different gravy. Fucking Ricky Stewart's playing three hookers. A fat, out of shape, shit Salila Havili. Needs to go. Bring on. You know, do you know that the Raiders have got Corey Harawera Naira and Corey Horsburgh waiting in the wings that apparently Ricky's been punishing them for the drink driving carry on. So they've got that talent hanging out there and they're playing Salila Haveli and Hodgson for minutes. Like Ricky needs to do a big 180. Otherwise, this season, and as you say, the window is closing. Raiders fans, I would be fucking worried. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? <clears throat> that, that premiership window that we all... You, know, you almost have more pressure on you as a fan when the premiership window's open, isn't it? Like, I've got to get it, got to get it. Um I don't think the Warriors have ever had a window. We've just sort of yeah, we had a window in, in. two thousand and three, the year after we made the grand final. We were we were rigging right. up the wazoo. Yep, we had a one year window. It shut quickly, didn't it? Oh, it slammed, it slammed in our face. But yeah, I think you're. I think you're a bit. Of, I think you've got some points, but I mean, I don't think Starling's a massive fucking upgrade either. To be honest, he changes that the speed of that attack and takes it away from revolving around Hodgson. At the moment, too much of their attack revolves around a 30-year-old Englishman who's coming off a fucking ACL. Like, it's just it's just not the focal point of the Raiders' attack does not need to be Josh Hodgson. It was three or four years ago. Let's close the loop. What did we say? What we were talking about right at the start of the show is that you're winning games with the new rules, with your dynamism mm. out of dummy half when you've got your fatigued back-pedalling middle forwards. Mm. And he's probably not being able to take advantage of it no. like other clubs are. No. But also, I think you play to your strengths. It's incredibly rare that anyone is ever going to be able to put two of the best three hookers in the world in a club side together on the paddock. And this may only last for a year. What are the Raiders' strengths? Okay, you've got to play these strengths. There's a storm going, I'm going to play to this and exploit it. No one better than Craig Bellamy. The Raiders play to your strengths. Like Josh Hodgson is not your strength; it's your weakness, and too much is revolving around him. Look at the pack they have. Look at like the you know the big strong outside backs. 
you know, the creativity in Georgie Williams and the strength in Whiten. They've got to just they've got to do a quick one eighty, otherwise their season is gone. I had them in my four until last night. Now the Eels have, have definitely overtaken the Raiders long term. Panthers, Rabbitohs, Eels, Storm in no order. Um and then I think so, now the Raiders are looking outside and looking in. I always said that. So now mm. talking about like eights and stuff. Mm. What what's happened to Manly over the last couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Where can they go this year? They can probably go as high as seventh. Wow. Oh, we never wrote them what? off, Jack. I know, I know we didn't, but far out. I almost think Tommy and Tommy Turbo is more influential than Joey Thurston almost. He, he is. Right. Fuck. Wow. Now, what you're going to do what? is you, you, you basically, it depends on what happens with the Roosters, but you've got a four and then you've got Every team down to 12, hunkering for the positions 5 to 8. So there's a lot of excitement in this season, Jack. Like people, oh, everyone's getting flogged and stuff. Mate, this race for the 8 this year, the back half of the 8, is going to be fucking electric. Agree. Totally agree. Um, and Magic just around the corner too. And all I was hoping that Magic just has every, like lots of teams vying for those positions, you know. Jeez, a long season in the NRL. It's a tough... Tough call. Yeah. Now, did you just want to touch base on snoring? You said just before we're going to wind up the show, get the picks in the evolution yes. of snoring. So my wife actually recorded me last night because mm. I'm the I'm, I don't think I used to be a snorer, but maybe I put some weight on or something, and it's. But she recorded and played it to me. Fuck, it was quite bad. So really? look out there, Trent, my roommate at Magic. Um, but I was just thinking, like, what was the like everything a human does is sort of evolutionary, right? Like mm. it, it's survival. But mm. I just feel like snoring. Like when we were coming up through the uh, through the grades, you know, and from Homo sapiens to Erectus, surely it wouldn't have been a good uh, a good thing for survival, right? Like it, wouldn't a predator oh, yeah, hear true. us? Oh, about it with kids too, right? Like you know, when we have a newborn kid. Like back in the day when we were all boring shit, imagine if you're like hiding or hunkering in your cave and you got the other tribe coming up to you and you're fucking <laughs> start sleeping out. Well, I think there's Far a couple out. of you things think- that usually exacerbate snoring is one, if you're incredibly tired, which the older that you go, the get on, the tighter that you are. The more you have kids, the more tired that you are. You less sleep you have, stressed at work, blah, blah, blah. You're snoring your tits off. Now then, if you throw alcohol into that, which the older you get, the more you're drinking, the less, the more tired you are. That's usually the lightning rod from my snoring. I don't think I used to snore, but no. the older that I've got with you, I'm snoring more and more. And tell you what is fucking worse is that when you've got a pregnant wife that is light sleeping, I'm getting woken up, well, I was about a year ago, I was getting woken up about fucking eight times a night. Stop snoring, stop snoring. Fucking really? just yeah. horrendous. Well, my wife actually, because I was up in Sydney late, late last week, and she said, "Look, I had the greatest sleep." And she she did. She had a smile on her face and shit like that. So maybe we just do the old couple thing where she has a different room, like spice things that, up, though, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah she go, "Oh, I haven't seen you in a couple of days." Yeah, yeah, and plus there's more room in my bed for someone. <laughs> um, what about those old three M strips that you used to have across your <laughs> nostrils? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I see, because I was on the toilet this morning before the show, and I was thinking, fuck. And I looked at some ways to avoid get rid of storing, and they had those stupid bloody things. And they also said, if you learn the didgeridoo, it actually helps uh, control snoring funnily Wow. I wonder why that is. Oh, I'd love to see you learn the didgeridoo. Actually, I fucking German. I might get, you know, because we had to do a recorder and shit at primary school. Yep. I might try and push uh, Trevor down the didgeridoo route. Fuck, I'd pay to see that. Um, okay, winding up the game. This is what the people want to hear. Jack, we were 0 from 2 last week, I believe. I just want to click back on round 5. We didn't pick the Dragons to beat the Eels, and we didn't pick the Cowboys. We're too wrong. Unbelievable, and people think she is comps predictable. Yeah, the comp is is good. Okay, 2 o'clock. Dragons, Cogra, V Warriors. Give it to me. Dragons, mate. <laughs> Don't do this, mate. Don't do this coping mechanism where you pick against the Warriors and, and say that we're going to get flogged. I won't have it. What's your real pick? Um, head based. Dragons, my 20. Yeah. The hook has got them smoothly operating on a well machine. I think Cody gets the running game out. And the Warriors win by 10. Cowboys at home to Bulldogs. Cowboys back-to-back for mine. Wow. I mean, they were... They were great. Jeez, like, Lockhart's actually a hoodoo, isn't it? For for the Tigers? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your own home ground's a hoodoo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going soon with a big listener of the show Stu Rich I'm going to go see the Bunnies and the Tigers I promised to like out Sunday Arvo game and I'm going to get there so you got Cowboys or Bulldogs Cowboys nice okay well big afternoon in the league go the Warriors and we will see you next week go to love your league if Lee leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me. Takes away the biggest part of me. Ooh, no, Roger, please don't go. Ooh, no, I just want you to play.